All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. complimenting my hat thanks everybody for joining us tim was just telling me how much he likes my hat i appreciate that it's a michigan tech hockey hat my my alma mater if you want to see it where can they see my hat tim on youtube and instagram and facebook and twitter what's our youtube channel at dropping underscore gloves you'll find it people know where youtube's our fastest growing platform people just watch videos all day long it's crazy I actually do that while I work. I put something on in the background and I just listen to it. I've been on a kick lately of just listening to poker players and the commentary that they go along with it. It's a lot of fun. Where's it's my very... hat from, you asked? Yeah, this is actually from March Milko. This is uh, Kevin Miller and Brad Marchand's company, Outdoor Apparel. I really like it. High quality stuff. I like it. It's all black on black. We should. What, yeah. What the hell are you talking about? Didn't you ask about my hat? No. That was rude. You should have. I was going to, if you let me finish what I was going to say, but you just inserted Burger. yourself. Yeah. You, that is honestly <laughs> par for the course. All right, everybody. Uh, Thanks for joining us here. Tim's starting the show off on a great, great note. Oh, shake it off, John. Focus. All right. Moving on. I'm a little tired today. Do you know why? I had a sickness running through my house all week, and I've been battling it. And I've been fighting it off. It's been fantastic. Last night was a straw that broke the camel's back. It was just, it was just really funny. And it just, this is a good example of just why you should not trust kids or make them have any decision at all in their life whatsoever. You see, and this is going to get a little political. I'll try to keep it off. All these people saying that kids should decide their gender and stuff when they're young. Absolutely nonsense. My eight-year-old daughter today she kept barfing she was sick we had this sickness running through the house and whatever it is it just it wants your stomach empty my wife got it all my other kids got it it's just me and my two older girls haven't got it yet so we've been like just living in barf for the last like four days and so everybody's healed up estelle got it last night she was sick she woke up this morning sick 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 didn't want to eat anything but she felt thirsty and my wife was gone, so it was just me and the young kids. And she would drink something, and she would get sick. And she would get thirsty. And she would drink something, and she would get sick. And it kept happening over and over again. I'm not talking one, two, three, four, like Tim, seven times. So by the third time, I'm saying, Estelle, 
do we notice a pattern here? Like every time you drink something, it comes up five minutes later without fail. She goes, but I'm really thirsty. I'm really thirsty. And I let her make a decision. I say, okay, here's a cup. Take little sips maybe. I will. Five minutes later, Stell, don't drink any more water. But I'm thirsty. I'm thirsty. Drinks it again. The whole time, Tim. And people think kids can make decisions on their own. She has no clue the consequences for any of her actions. And she's eight years old. You've met her. She's a smart kid. They're just oblivious. They just, they feed their appetite that needs to be fed. And they're like a dog. If you give a dog chocolate, he'll eat himself till he's dead. You know what I mean? It's just like they have no clue of the consequences to anything. Go let them pick their gender. You nuts? Crazy? Kids have no idea what's going on in their life. They just want what's in front of them right there. They're not thinking a year down the road, two years down the road. My kid vomited seven times in an hour because she was thirsty. There you go. I don't want to get too far into it, but it is, it does, it's very telling. Don't you think, Tim? Yeah, let's move on, huh? It's as fast as we can. As fast as we can. All right, there was a, the first domino. Well, there has been some dominoes that have fallen already. You, you had Lindholm. You've had Zadorov. You've had a couple other trades happen. The trade deadline is vastly approaching. We're about a week away, right, Tim, from the trade deadline? I think it's March 8th. Exactly, yeah. One week away. And from what I've heard from all the insiders, from all my you know pundits, the thing that's holding up all of the major deals, all of the deals in general, is the Calgary Flames. They are the linchpin in the dam right now. Once they trade their big market, big ticket players, everything's going to follow in after that. That's what everybody's saying. And I believe it because they have the best players on the market. They have Chris Tanev, very valuable piece, and they have Noah Hannafin, another, the most valuable piece in the back end, in my opinion. That, that guy's going to be a different ma- difference maker wherever he goes. Well, the first domino of those duo fell yesterday. Chris Tanev got traded to the Dallas Stars. Now, this has been bandied about for about a week now. I, I've heard rumors Dallas was, you know, dipping the toe in the tan of waters, and they finally made a deal. He's going to Dallas in exchange for <gasps> a second-round pick and a prospect and a conditional third-round pick. Not very overwhelming, not, you know, earth-shattering returns here. I don't know anything about the prospect. Artem Grushnikov, I'm assuming he's Russian. I don't think he's from, you know, Saskatchewan. Maybe he's a skill guy. That's what I would gather from the name Artem Grushnikov. But second round, third round for Chris Tanev. What do you think of the deal, Tim? Yeah, well, first of all, I was a little bit surprised at the asking price just because of, of, you know, the limited number of like impact defensemen on the market and the value that the other guys have attained. I would have thought that maybe someone would pay a first because you thought it would be a seller's market right now. Um, So I was a little bit surprised that he didn't go for a first. Not that he necessarily should. Just be fig- I just figured someone would overpay for it. Yeah. Um, in terms of the deal itself, I think it's great. It's da- exactly what Dallas needed. They needed that type of defenseman. They're near the bottom of the league in block shots. Tanev is second in the league. Um, he's exactly the type of defenseman they need. He's tough. He can log the heavy minutes. He's averaging just under 20 a night. He's a shot-blocking, shutdown defenseman that can pop up a little bit. I think he's got 19 points in the year, so he's no slouch offensively. So great pickup for them. I think he's really going to you know fill in the needs that they had. He's got 14, one goal, 13 assists. Yeah, he's he's not a goal scorer. He's played 773 games. He's scored 32 goals. He averages 
three goals a year. So not <laughs> like he's not an offensive guy. I, th- I think you nailed it. He brings the intangibles that not a lot of guys do these days. And when you look at the Dallas Stars roster on the back end, there's a lot. Of, I don't want to say perimeter players on the back end, but there's not a lot of guys who you're nervous going to the crease with if you're the opposing forward. Heiskanen, Lindell, Hockenpah is a, is a tall drink of water, but I don't I don't think he's you know scaring anybody. Harley and Hanley and Lundqvist. Tanev brings that sandpaper. He brings that kind of grit that, okay, it, it comes down to the end of the game. This guy's going to knock some bodies in front of the net and clear the zone. That, that's what he does. So it's a good deal. Who does, he, who does he knock out of the lineup? I've heard a lot of people, especially from Dallas, saying he, they, they want to see Ryan Suter go. They, they haven't been impressed by his play. They're very underwhelming. They give him a ton of minutes every single night, but we will see. He hasn't played a game yet. Who he knocks out, I doubt. It's going to be Suter. I don't know, but we'll see. Tanev does give them a lot of depth. He's going to be in the lineup, but Dallas, Tim, all of a sudden, picks up Chris Tanev. Not a huge addition. Like It's not earth-shattering. Do they do they bump up in your eyes in the Western Conference? Yeah, but I already had them up pretty high. I think they're, they're, I've been saying that all season long. I think they're probably one of the premier teams out West, and they sort of get slept on. I think a lot of it has to do with just they don't have necessarily the same firepower. And even their their best player, like Jason Robertson, is having a down year for him. He's still going to be over a point per game, but he had 109 last year or something like that. And Heiskanen also had his lower points this year. But as a team, I think they're a lot better. And, and they've really kind of flown under the radar. Um, the other thing to keep in mind is Tyler Sagan is out. Uh, on like He's with injury. And I read a report this morning that he's going to be back before the playoff times. So it's not like that's going to impact their ability to go add his another $10 million in salary. Yeah. They're planning on him being back in a couple of weeks. So he'll be back. Um, and they also have uh, Dadnov on LTIR already. So that it was already accounted for when they made this deal. So I think this is the group they're going to move forward with. And I think it's probably a top three team in the West. Oh, yeah, definitely top three. I think uh, I've been sleeping on them, too. They're first place in the Pacific right now. So, Or sorry, not the Pacific. The Central. They're having yeah. a great season, and Sagan is playing great this year. Like he, uh, he's obviously slowed down. I don't think he's living up to his contract. He's not a point per game guy. The guy makes nine million dollars. I want to say nine point eight five, but he is playing. He is having a very good year. Last year he finished up with fifty points. He's already got forty five. He's scoring consistently. So they need him. Obviously, if they're going to make any noise in the playoffs, because they have that solid first line. He jumps in. The Dallas Stars. They might be the best team in the West, which is crazy. They like because Vegas, they have massive injury issues. We don't know how they're going to pan out. The Canucks are still this, just a conundrum. I don't know what to think of them. They get all these guys. They make some good trades. They get Zadorov. They get Lindholm. Then they just get lit up. It seems like every other week they just get just smoked by somebody six one. You know what I mean? And it's like, can we really trust these guys? So I, I still can't wrap my head around them. And then you have the Edmonton Oilers. We're just there. And they're, are, are they just playing the slow game to not get all the press? And all of a sudden, they're going to hit playoffs and they're going to be the most dangerous team. It kind of feels that way. It really does kind of feel that way. But anyways, good for the uh, Vancouver or Calgary Flames getting this guy done. I'm excited to see when Hannafin gets unloaded. But what else was happening on Tanev? Some teams were interested that they didn't they didn't get Chris Tanev, Tim. What happened with that? Yeah, this is a little tweet from Kevin Weeks that said the Leafs were in on Tanev, and then a few weeks ago they were in on Zadorov. Obviously, they didn't get either of them. They tried trading for both at the same time and individually. So they really were all in on both of these defensemen. 
And apparently he said the flames would have been blown, would have had to be blown away in order to send either of them to Toronto. And I, I, my question for you is, does this have to do with, is this like a spite thing? Is this like a, a player preference thing? Is this a screw the leaves type? Like, is that, what would that, what would that mean to you? Well, Brad Servealing is in Toronto, so maybe he just didn't want to deal with his old team. But uh, yeah. I, I don't know the reasoning here. You would think they would want to have the best, you know, offer available. But to be honest with you, Tim, this is a blessing in disguise for the Toronto Maple Leafs. They don't need a Chris Tanna. They have rugged defensemen. They have guys who can, you know, throw the body and are good defensively and are good on the kill. They have Simon Benoit or Simone, whatever the hell his name is. Jake McCabe is good at that. TJ Brody is not a small dude. Mark Giordano just went down. But that's what those guys do. They don't need that ilk of player. And the same one for Zadorov. I don't think those two guys would have made a drastic improvement on this team. Now, Noah Hannafin, he would help this team. He would be a nice addition to this team. So I think Toronto needs to focus on the more offensive side of defensemen. I, I think they have the, you know, the four or five, those guys locked down. But anyways, what do I know? Well, I'm just some goon. So Toronto misses out on, on Zadorov. They miss out on Tanev, which brings us to the trade they made last night. Ilya Labushkin, three-way deal involving Carolina that took 25% of the salary retention in exchange for a sixth-round pick. Toronto... um gets him or only 25% of his salary. And this is, this is kind of an interesting move because he's been a Leaf before. So he came over from Russia, signed a four-year deal with the Coyotes. He was traded midway through the 21-22 season during the, the COVID bubble. Um, and then um, he was with the Leafs for a playoff stretch and then signed last year with the Sabres, was traded to the Ducks and now traded again back from the Ducks to Toronto. So he's been all over. But he was a Leaf before. And everyone's kind of saying, well, we loved it the first time around. We called uh, uh, Dubis a genius for bringing him in. He's a no-nonsense defenseman. He's physical. He can play the body, whatever. And now everyone's kind of dumping on the pick. Because when you look at the analytics, like all those advanced stats, like the, the Corsi and the WAR and those percentage got points that people put up, he's at the bottom of the league. He's like really bad. He's like 1% yeah. WAR. He's at negative value for some of these advanced stats. And He's not that good of a skater. He's not that good of a puck handler. He's not going to be asked to do those things. He's going to be asked to be a fifth, sixth defenseman, you know, just Adam McQuaid type, just just throw the body around and take some pressure off the top pairings. But that said, does he make them any better? Yeah. No. 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 You know what I mean? I no. In an so, ideal world, he doesn't play for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Like that that's the best case scenario where he's there, he's going to be the 7th or 8th defenseman and he's he's a security blanket if one of these guys gets hurt. He can come in, he's played 300 some games in the NHL. He can hold down the fort until people get healthy. But yeah, he's and it's hard for me to say people suck at hockey because I know <laughs> he was better than me. But in today's NHL, he sucks. You know what? He just and maybe I'm being a little bit aggressive, but he does suck. He's got four assists this year. He's dash 13. I know he was playing on a bad Anaheim team, but come on. If this is the so, only move Toronto makes, Trevelyan's killing it. Doing great. That, that's the thing right now. Is like, does this, I mean, this doesn't hamper their ability to make any more moves in terms of like capital. They give up very little in terms of draft, uh, cal salary cap because they retain 75% of it between two teams. So I don't think it's that big of a deal, but. That's the question. Like, what else does, does Toronto do? Because if they don't do much else or anything else, this is a, a bad trade deadline for them. Because you've already missed out on the two pieces that, in my opinion, you said that they, they didn't need Tanev and I disagree. I think they would have loved to have those two guys. And so we'll see what they do with, uh, between now and Friday. 
Well, I guess if they were going for that type of defenseman, they really nailed it with Lubushkin. <laughs> they wanted a physical presence. Like, just, yeah, I, I don't understand. As an outsider looking at, I just shake my head and go, why? Like, why? I, I just don't understand. You already have seven defensemen on the roster. Morgan Riley's your puck moving guy. TJ Brody can make some plays. Jake McCabe isn't terrible with the puck, but he's not instilling fear in the other team. Like, who's your puck moving guy? Who is Riley. other than Morgan Riley? Other than Morgan Riley, who is it? If Riley, if Riley goes down, I guess they won five <laughs> five straight when he was gone. So maybe they're just banking on that. But boy, oh boy, I, I, it's a head scratcher. It really is a head scratcher. Them. Signing Labushkin. I don't understand it. All right. I, I have egg on my face, Tim. Can you see it? I I was spouting that Pedersen is, you know, not going to maybe, – maybe he's not resigning. They're not, it's Vancouver. There's issues. What's going on? He's not happy with Vancouver. Well, I'm an idiot because apparently there's a deal on the table. He's going to sign it. And he was just – he was just testing all of us. Just trying to see, just trying to see how bad they wanted me. You know what I mean? It's it's like when you're dating somebody, and you just don't answer your phone for a little bit. You pretend you're mad. Huh, how much is she going to fight for me? How much is she going to fight for this relationship? Maybe that's what Pedersen wanted. He just wanted to feel wanted. You know what I mean? He wanted the the Canucks to come after him, make him feel wanted. Well, it must have worked because he signed that paper now. Apparently, according to who? Tim, what's what's the source here? Well, there's sources all over the place, but basically uh, we know now that Canucks management met with Pedersen in the last few days and they're back on the negotiating table. And according to like all these reports that came out last night, there was a deal uh, being discussed between Vancouver and Carolina because Jim Neal is basically saying, hey, you know what? If, if you're not going to sign with me, I need to get something for you. And he's maybe it was a little bit of posturing and, 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 and you know, uh, threats, but it went pretty far, you know, like they were discussing um, the report was Kaki and Emmy. And I think Natchez was, was involved from the wow. um, Carolina side. Like it, it was pretty far along. Um, and Patterson obviously was, was involved in that. He got wind of it. He said, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'll sign. That's basically what it was. The threat of being shipped to Carolina was enough for him to say, you know what, let's have a conversation now. Um, and Frank even said that he wants to get the deal done. He wants to be in Vancouver and so when he realized that he was, um, did I say nil? Who's the, who's the GM? Is it nil? Oh, Vancouver. Yeah. You said nil. It's, yeah. uh, Alvin. Alvin. Um, nil's Dallas. It yeah. happens. Yeah, it happens. And so now the expe- expectation is that he's going to sign. And then Darren Drager reported that they're talking anywhere from a five to eight year deal, um, slightly above Nylander's number. So he's kind of, he's going to be looking for 12, I think, um, at 12 plus and probably $8 million. And, He'll be worth it. He's 25 years old. He's already had 200 point seasons. He's just so so good. He's good defensively. He's a he's a freak. He's so good. So he's going to be worth every dollar what they pay him. Completely agree. Yeah, Nylander makes 11.5. So I think he's better than Nylander. That'd be a good deal. I think 12.5 is fair for both sides. I think 12.5 for eight is right where he should be. They'll get the most out of their money. The Vancouver Canucks. I I like him in Vancouver. I think I think he fits there. Do you really think he panicked? They thought he was going to trade him. That's what everyone's saying. It's like, oh, I'd rather, yeah, I don't want to go to Carolina. Please, please, please. Let's talk now. I changed my mind. I don't know how much um, I believe that. I don't that, think it was quite never. that dramatic, yeah. but yeah. He would be actually deadly in Carolina. If he did go there, that team would be dangerous. Him and Sebastian Ajo, that'd be good. Seth Jarvis, yeah. Svechnikov, that'd be a fun team to watch. They, 
I've been saying it for four years now. They need a superstar. They don't have one. Do you know that Jarvis is like, he's all over the podcast and media now? Like we had him kind of before anyone else did a year or two ago. Now everyone knows how funny and charming he is. But we had him first. He was a friend of the Do show. Do you know before. that he did not answer my text when I tried to get him back on the show? So what? maybe he doesn't like me. I don't know. He was like, anytime. I'll do this every week if you want. Um. Anyway. Did he say that? Night. Yeah, he did. The Bruins won last night versus Vegas. And I want to just bring this up quickly just for a couple of reasons. First, Bruce Cassidy returned to Boston. I don't think it was his first time, but he did say it's his first time since winning. And he said, it's nice to come back with a big, nice, shiny ring on your finger. Always a good visit with that. And you know what? Hey, There's not a single Bruins fan who's mad at him for saying that. Like, That's, I like that. He's, that wasn't at the fans. That was at Jacobs and, uh, and Neely and those guys. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I love it. And, and we still love him there in Boston. But I wanted to bring it up because it was a regulation win, which they needed their first since beating Vancouver for nothing on February 8th. So almost three weeks, which is just too long. And we talked a couple of weeks ago about how many points they would get out of their potential 12 before the end of the month. I said five, you said three, they ended up with nine. Yeah. So that's really, really big for them. It's huge. And they, they needed a win. And let's not get carried away by this win over the Vegas Knights. They almost lost. They were up three to one. I think Vegas came back and they yeah. made it a game. They won five to four. So it wasn't like a clear-cut victory. And this is a very depleted Vegas Golden Knights team. They're missing their two best players with Eichel and Mark Stone. They have no no business really being in any games these days. They They have to get healthy in a hurry because they're – they're in a tough spot, and we'll touch on Mark Stone a little bit. But yeah, it's good for the Bruins. Good for them. They still they're still in second place, you know, in the Atlantic. But uh, they needed a win. Good for them. I still think they'll be a wild card team at the end of the day. Not That's a just chance. How I th- Not a chance. You want to bet? Yes. Okay. I'll bet you something off you. Let's not bore <laughs> everybody with how we're going to bet. It probably it's illegal too. I don't know how it works. But all right, Tim. Moving on. Quick hits. Yeah, so for a limited time, our listeners can get 25% off and zero delivery fees with DoorDash in Canada. Use the promo code NATION25, all caps, subject to change, terms may apply. You mentioned Mark Stone. He's out for the rest of the regular season, questionable for the Stanley Cup playoffs. John, I think he's going to be back. I think he's out for the regular season. I think he'll be back for the playoffs. That's my prediction. What do you think? I have consulted with dozens of spleen experts, and they... They said he'll be back for the playoffs. They <laughs> yeah. said um, they said the spleen is a very finicky organ. Um, they said it takes about a month and a week to heal, maybe a month and two weeks to heal. They said around April 19th, he should be good to go. Those are spleen experts, Tim. So I don't know. Wh- I don't know who you want to believe me or spleen experts, or whoever you're getting your information from. Mark Stone will play game three of the playoffs. This is sad. That's what the spleen experts say. Did you even figure out where the spleen is in your body? You don't even know. I don't know. I have no idea what it does. Or, no. It's near it your throat. Like... It's up here. It no, helps with not... your hearing. Okay. Yeah, it's very important. I just learned so much from you. You make really me sick. That. You honestly make me sick that you don't do any research for the show. Oh, Moving man. On. Moving on before I just end it right now. Did you see the fight last night? I did. Liam O'Brien is just the biggest waste of space. I've ever, <laughs> That hair and beard, you know, hate's a strong word. I, I have a perfect hatred for Liam O'Brien. 
absolutely perfect. I hate every cell of his body. <laughs> I do. I honestly do. It's perfect. It's absolutely perfect. There's no, you know, I never even sit down and say, you know, maybe he's a good guy. I know he's not. I have a perfect hatred for him. And it was nice seeing him get his doors blown off by Ryan Reeves in a fight that I don't think any punches landed. Yeah. It was I just, it was a fun fight to watch just because there was a lot of swinging arms. There was a lot of hair and beard flying and guys getting swung around. I got to talk to Ryan about that. Is this the WWF? Is that what we're doing these days? We're just flexing after you didn't even land a punch on somebody. It's, I like Ryan. He hates Liam O'Brien too. So that's why he does it because he doesn't like him. Liam O'Brien is just unequivocally hated across the board by everybody, even his teammates. Okay. This is where you get in trouble, John. Why? Allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah. Because we don't talk to Arizona players. Yeah. Allegedly. Maybe. Anyways, what did you think of the fight? Did you did you like it? I it looked great, and then I watched it a second time, thinking about what you would say after the fight. And you're right; very few of the punches land, and some of them it's hard to tell they might have. And then Reeves ended up kind of stiff arming him into the ground. I'm glad that it was him instead of the other way around, but I don't yeah. think Liam's. You know, I don't think he's you know, sporting a black eye today or anything like that. He's coming away thinking he did pretty good. He's like, I survived. There was one sequence where they both threw. And if one of them would have connected, it would have been lights out. There was only, it was just both of them at the same time. Ryan just misses him, just grazes him. That would have been sweet. But other than that, nothing connected. It was just, yeah. It's lame. That's, that's just a, that's why Rempy is such like a revelation because he actually gets hit and he actually does hit something. So people see that and they go, what is this? Is this a fight? This is not what I've been used to seeing over the last 10 years. It's just strange. So it's just something new where it was, you know, common to see fight like that 20 years ago, back in the the heyday of fighting. So I don't know. What was it? I, I bet you the rank on hockey fights was like six, seven. People just, they get fooled. It was a terrible fight. Moving okay. on. <laughs> Moving on. Injury update. I mentioned Adrian Kempe from the, the um, Kings the other day. He's listed as week to week. And this time of year, anytime someone gets injured, it's always in the context of does he go on LTIR? Does it free up cap space or not for the playoffs? Not looking like that this time. He's expected to be back at some point this month in March. So um, it's not going to impact their ability to add at the trade deadline, which is probably for the best. They, they want him healthy. They'd rather that than the other way around. Um, but just an uh, important update there. I don't know. The, the Kings team. look the Kings look pretty solid last night. They they are a good team. So they are. Yeah, they they have been. Quentin Byfield's been playing great. The Turcotte kids came up. He's played great. They like I said, they waxed the Canucks five to one. So Kopitar, Doughty, the usual suspects, they all played fantastic. So the the Kings, Tim, man, there's a lot of this out west. There's a lot of question marks in my eyes. I just, I, I don't know what to think of it. Out East, I know what's going to happen. You know, Boston will suck. Toronto's going to blow it. And, you know, the cream rises to the top and it'll be the Buffalo Sabres. All right, moving on. I hate to say this next one, but please just get it out of the way because it just, I, I don't like talking about this team in a negative light. Yeah, it's impossible not to. Arizona lost every game in February. They played 11. <laughs> they, lost every- <laughs> they lost all of them. Some of them were overtime. <laughs> They got a couple of points. But you know what? 
<laughs> I maybe find I that won't... so funny. <laughs> maybe I won't say it. Maybe maybe we don't talk about it just because they that would be mean. Of every out. single game. Well, because it's so funny because I know how locker rooms work and I know how you know teams go. They were doing well at the end of January. They might have been sniffing a playoff spot pretty darn close. And you know they all were gearing up for the stretch run. Okay, we got February, March, and April, last three months of the season. Let's go. Let's get fired up before the trade deadline. We're going to be buyers. We're going to be buyers. That's what they're saying in the locker room. And then they go out and lose 11 straight. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> to me, that's just – it makes me laugh. It makes me so, so so happy to be a hockey fan. So, yeah, they're they're in second last place in the Central. Anyway, I, th- I want to say they were in fourth in the Central, like right with the Predators a month ago. I don't know how to do that. Check the schedule a month ago, but I'm doing it right really now. On, on January 1st, they were 19, 14, and 2, and they were in the second wild card spot ahead of Seattle, Edmonton, St. Louis, Minnesota, Calgary, et cetera. Well, check what they were January 31st. I just did. They they were they had just lost three in a row at that point. Um, That's so funny. Uh, they're they're just they're very funny. That's it. They're they're not going to be. Oh, and I and I click on their website and it's just Liam O'Brien with his mouth open. <laughs> like that's that's like their big selling point. It's him. Gosh darn it. Good. They deserve to lose. It's it's just comical at this point. They lose all of the games in November. We should make up a shirt saying no win February and like send it to all the players there. Courtesy of John. They're just send it to Liam. No win just February. You know, put all his fights and then all the games. Oh for 11 games, oh for 6 fights. Great month. <laughs> one of my uh one of my favorite quotes is from Abe Lincoln. He said, "I don't like that man. I should get to know him better." I think maybe you could uh apply that to here. Maybe. Abe was a smart dude. Maybe you I are. should get to know him better. Let's get him on the show. We get actually, show. We'll we, we are going to get Clayton Keller on the show. I talked to him again the other day. He said once he's healthy, and I'm assuming once they won a couple of games. So, so we're never going to get him on. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking uh, of merch, if you want yeah. some Dropping the Gloves merch, we got some. Head over to droppingthegloves.com slash merch. Do they have to put the slash merch or no? They I'm do, sure they can find be- their way. That'll redirect them to um, the Everything Hockey site. All right, check it out. Right. It's cheap cheap yeah. shirts, cheap sweater. They're not much. We're just dipping our toe here in the uh, no, merchandise business. They're comfortable. They look great. They're fantastic. They ship out quickly. Mine's going to arrive on Monday. I've been checking it. Can't wait. It's going to be great. They're great quality and they're good shirts, but we just don't have a ton right now because we wanted to just get something out there. Nice friend of the show shirt, nice logo tee. Check it out. We had a good idea for that. A listener sent in a really funny idea. For the yeah. next round of shirts we're going to do. It's it's going to, I don't know, do you want to mention it, Tim, or no? I, I teased it on uh, Instagram story the other day. But you know those shirts that are always like the ampersand and it's the list of names and like the Bruins, it'll be like Grizz and Bergeron and Krejci. And, it's, and uh, we're doing one of those except with all the names John mispronounces. So it's uh, Peter Angelo and Delangelo and Remke and Lafreniere and Beignet. And it's it'll be good. Dreinsidel. Dreinsidel. Uh, I, I, I don't do it on purpose, which is hilarious. I know, but you even type it, which is why I think it's it's got to do with. Um, yeah. But did you see what you said to Fear, or what you sent to me when you're going on Pierre Maguire show? Just no. just look at how you sent how you spelled it. It's just this is. Uh, I think you might be dyslexic or something. 
What did I say? What name did I say? You said M I G G U I R R E or something like it was. Is that not how you spell his name? (laughs) Intentionally, like it was. You were definitely trying, but it was. You were trying to spell McGuire off the top of your head. Spell McGuire. M C G U I R E. That's how you spell his name. I have. I have a way. There's a C in there. Letters make sense to me. Yeah, words make sense. I thought it was M I. I thought it was like a French McGuire or something. (laughs) I believe that. I believe that you thought that. (laughs) Whatever. All right, everybody. I had a lot of fun today. Tim made me laugh. It started off rocky, but we finished in a a good light. That's nice, Tim. I appreciate that. Go out, get yourself some merch. If you want to buy some and send it to me so I can have some, that would be appreciated. (laughs) Double XL. I'll give you my address. Otherwise, have a good week, every weekend. I hope I hope you go out and have some fun. Enjoy the weather. We'll talk to you on Monday. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Dropping the Gloves with John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode.